We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the 27th day of July, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive? Uh, doing better, actually. And no, I'm not sick. I was just up till four in the morning doing some uh, computer-related things, and that was a likely 12-hour story. adventure. That's a likely story. We can all hear the congestion that you've got going on. It's a likely story. <laughs> yeah. What Ned. are you going to come down with? Something to do with SAD, is it? An unknown... Yeah, SADs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ned, you are on, on an unusual day, but that's because you've got plans later this week. I made a scheduling error. You were supposed to be here tomorrow, but due to my own incompetence, we're doing this today. Uh, you're, you're coming on today because I have scheduled somebody for tomorrow because I forgot that you and I had agreed on Wednesday. Uh, and I know that the listener is hearing this on Wednesday, but that's because we're recording on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, so this will go out Wednesday morning. But um, yeah, it was my fault. Uh, I do apologize, but it's good to see you. And I know you got a whole lot of data to uh, to present. We're going to have a great conversation tonight. I'll ask you because it's customary. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. That's good. I'm fine. Oh, don't worry, give me a headache. So nearly never very got here, but that. yeah, it's fine. Very sorry to hear that. <laughs> very sorry to hear that. <laughs> She's cool. She's cool. She was a bit hangry. You didn't let me so finish. I, to I was going to say not really at the end of it, but you know, you didn't let me finish. Oh, well, yeah, but I know you care, Johnny. Of course I do. Of course I do. Hangry. Yes, I know exactly what hangry feels like, and it's not good. You have no other concern in the world about anything. You just want to eat, and that's it. Yeah, that's her. She was on a ball. She was rolling. The best thing I could do is sort of food. <laughs> there you go. Just take that. Yeah. Just and back away very slowly. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, let, let's jump into it. What do you got? Well, it's, well, it's like I said on the area, it's about the kids. It's about the kids. It's the boring subject of COVID. We've been waiting for um, a country to come out with statistics on enough people and proof and present it properly. And as much as you get all the so much information out of America through Pfizer and the FDA and CDC and everything. And it's after nice. weed through it all. This has been presented through a proper seminar um, by a group of doctors from Canada, actually. And they used whole population and they really researched back. But the idea is it's the information and it flex on every country in the world. This is about data. This is about Doctors speaking out and saying, this is why you should not this to your young kids. This is why you should step away from the injections, back off and everything. And finally, because we, we all know that the, the, the tests that went on, the control points only lasted two months originally with Pfizer and the ones for the kids, they only tested the blood for antibodies. And we've said all these things, but now it's out and, it, and it's all the information's there and thing is the fda are still pushing forward you see canada has the same problem as america because it's it, through the same structure of the pharma global pharmaceuticals 
and the Gates Foundation and the WHO, their um, their own health advisory system is all subsidised by those clowns. So the push still goes on as FDA does this and the CDC recommends recommend it. And they're still pushing forward for everybody to do it. And the doctors got together and they decided to go, okay, we're going to look into this. And remember, we said, you got to stop. And we got to look back into what medically has happened, morbidity of how it's affected people from beginning of COVID all the way through. And they're on the pulse and they're starting to put stuff out there now. People are getting fed up. This is about giving information out to people to say why your kids shouldn't have it. I mean... Why, why do they want babies to have it? You know, so many months old to the years before. They've already hit the teenagers. They've hit the pre-teenagers, and then they want to go even further down. I mean, it's, 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 just, it's just ridiculous. But they're still putting the same rhetoric out. They say it's 100% effective in 12 to 15-year-olds, 90% effective in 5 to 11s, and 75% effective in 6 months to 4-year-olds. Then you look into tests and everything, and it's a farce. It's a farce, and this is what, what the data is about because they, they wanted to make raise three questions. They wanted to do, do the children need them? Do the vaccines work? And then, final one, are they safe? Three basic questions, and they chased the data that way. And it started with, obviously, do they need them? Now, first thing about kids are, right, they're not easily infected by this SARS-CoV-2 virus because one major thing in young kids are they have very low levels of virus, viral receptors in their airways. So they do not react to it as much. Their immune system is already hooked into fighting things off, right? So they are already eating this hands down, right? Their immune system. Um, so with these with these um, very low level of receptors, basically all that means is, is that at most they're going to get mild or no symptoms whatsoever. But also, because they're, assist, because, because they're not actually getting into their system, into their blood and everything like that, their transmission rate is next to none. So that's another reason. So when they go, oh, you've got to isolate and things like that, no, you don't. So why? Just, Kids, you don't have to isolate. J just a quick question on that. I mean, okay, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, we, we've looked at all that data you're talking about has proven itself to be true time and again. But yet the governments, the the health agencies and everything else, they're, they're doubling down on pushing jabs for kids. I mean, the UK, you guys, I was looking at your statistics. You guys have, I believe it's a 3% vaccination rate for those 3%. Yep. So I, I mean, I, I think that that just in itself, if those numbers are accurate, that shows that the parents out there are largely tuned in and seeing the same things that you're talking about. Yeah, but these, this data is now out there. I mean, even if you go piecing it up from the different places, even if you go to the CDC website, it actually has graphs and shows that the majority of young children have already, before they're even pushing the vaccine against them, 75% of them have already got, minimum of 75% of them have got antibodies already. So they've already got their own long-term immunity. So question is, for everybody out there, although we can formulate our own answers, why are they doing it? Then you've got to look into data of, which is the third question, is it safe? You, you, you slowly have to get there. And the kids have, con because of the children, they've, they've conquered this already. They've got their immunity already. So why give the healthy a vaccine other than, okay, fine. They, they push something out there. They, they, they tried to... Um, 
used the numbers game and said X amount of kids have got COVID and that, but it was already medically susceptible. And those that are in hospital managed to pick COVID up. So, and they used that as a counting system. And so that was, it's been a, a massive case of misrepresentation. Do they work? When you say, do they work? What you've got to think about is giving them to children, right? A child is supposed to have 70 years, whatever ahead of it, at least. So are you going to give it quality of life ahead? Or is this going to affect the quality of life ahead? Now we're talking reasons why you shouldn't do things. We already know that you've got, um, say, some effects that they cannot argue about now. Uh, Myocarditis, you've got neurological problems. You've also got your immunological problems, yeah? Basically, we know it's affecting the immune systems. We know it's going across the membrane and giving neurological problems. That's where most of the pains come from. And you know you've got myocarditis, and it is prevalent in um, teenagers and up to 30-year-olds. We've, we've, your sportsmen are falling out of the game. They're, They're losing, losing their livelihoods. They're putting defibrillators yeah. in, in primary schools because that's normal. Yeah, I yeah, know. Once again, what do you have to do? You, you, these things, all, all this is saying, saying stop. This is about saying stop. And you cannot stress it enough. And as long as there's parents still going out there and getting their kids vaccinated, the children or the healthy people or even themselves, got to stop. Because the answer is COVID's here to stay. We're not going to get rid of this damn thing. The only way we're going to do it is if we beat it as a race, as your own herd immunity now. Because you're looking into this... They had um, they checked from January 2020 all the way up to March this year in Canada. They finally got the medical results out. And whereas it was like low morbidity or a, a standard level of it before it, it spiked initially in lockdowns. Now, it's quite interesting. The mortality and the morbidity spiked in lockdowns. The COVID deaths didn't. It was a bit higher than normal. So COVID hit the people, but it wasn't that high. But the morbidity and the mortality rates went through the roof. The lockdowns were no good to start with. And then as it went along and the vaccine hit, it had a massive spike of COVID deaths. All of a sudden, COVID deaths shot through the roof. From the first vaccine and over a period of a few weeks, it came back to the normal COVID deaths because of the whole hasn't gone down. And then boosters get added and you get these massive spikes again. All of this has now been calculated. And the problem is they've finally come out with the sad. They've finally come out with the unknown reasons for deaths. Uh, the sudden adult well, death syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've, got, you've got this. these doctors have given it, well, all of a sudden, 2020, the morbidity, which means basically problems due to not necessarily mortality rates, but know bad medical conditions have spiked through the roof everything's gone through the roof and it started with lockdowns it started with the whole thing and if you look at the covid deaths in there they are what's calculated as covid deaths or could be proved for covid itself are quite down but why is the morbidity and the mortality rates up we know why and it's kept up there once the vaccine got out because there's so many nasty side effects and it is still high they haven't got them for the last two months but you Obviously, 
told me about the UK ones. Yes, um, I've got that report here. I can pull it right now just so we can look at the uh, the graphs for reference here. Now, obviously, the listener can't see this, but uh, this is a report that was put out by the UK Office of National Statistics. They released this report this morning, uh, and we've posted this up on our uh, on our Telegram page. This is COVID-19 deaths by vaccination status in England. Uh, and again, this is out of the UK Office of National Statistics. It's the government's own report. And this is April 1st, just between April 1st of 2022 and the 31st of May 2022, because we're a month behind because of reporting issues and everything. That's the way that reports are. They're always a month behind. So we haven't seen the data for June yet. But we're looking at the number of COVID-19 deaths in the unvaxxed over the course of 60 days, just 60 days, 200, yeah, yeah, 288 is what we're looking at of unvaxed COVID-19 deaths of the double jabbed, just the, the, you know, the two vaccines and, and that's it. 4,647 COVID-19 deaths in the same amount of time, the triple jab. So double vaxxed and boosted 4,215 in the same time period. So within the period of 60 days, we're looking at the data in this in this case. That's irrefutable. Best part, best part of nine thousand compared to two hundred odd. Yeah, that is a quite a ratio. Yeah, and is that is that's quite nasty. Not, isn't not it, a not a it? word is not a bit of that is being paid attention to. Not a bit of that. It's because they don't want people to go in fear. They want to keep us safe. Oh yeah, go in and get your yeah. jab. <laughs> <laughs> But this, um, like this, this shows this graph, just this graph, just this graph that debunks, in my humble opinion, that debunks the whole safe and effective methodology. Yeah, does yeah, it not? Well, yeah, the, the thing is that this, we know it. We need, yeah, we need those numbers to come out. I mean, just saying as numbers, what hurts the most is uh, those those numbers of people, uh, all peoples of all ages, they're people, they're yeah. people that have gone out of the way. Because Basically, the government sees them as statistics. They don't see them as people. That's the problem. They just don't see them as people until it's close to you, until uh, so, someone close to you. But we're, we're all part of the same thing. This is this is what it's going to be. This it's, it's getting stupid. It's getting stupid. It's, this is just the beginning of it, though. This is the beginning of the fallout of it that everybody was warned about. Yeah, it's where are we going to be three to five years? It's not a conspiracy theory anymore. No, where are we going to yeah. be three to five years? What are those numbers going to look like? I hate to think. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not the deaths. It's the permanent fallout of how this will sit in your system and affect things like neurology, right? So how does it affect the brain? What, what's the fallout from that? How's it going to affect anywhere else in the system where where, where there's the blood cell? Where's it going to sell? Your fertility rates, is it going to affect that? Anything where blood flows, this stuff has gone. Your immune system, is it going to permanently affect that? Because obviously people are dying from all manner of things. If they can attribute certain amount of deaths to COVID, specific to COVID, and this affects your immune system, a lot more can be attributed to the vaccine and the boosters that aren't seen as specific COVID. And so those those numbers are exponentially higher, yeah, because they, they're not putting the statistics out for heart attack, car- cardiac problems, everything else that's out there. That mortality and that morbidity at the moment is very high. And the thing is, I don't understand how they're getting away with, like in the beginning, they did a two-month trial, right? A supposedly two-month controlled trial, and they thought that was enough. 
You can't cannot do things like that. It's got to be over years, patterns of years. And, and yeah, twelve hundred died. They did, and they tried to cover it up for yeah. seventy five years. And when you do a test, this is what gets me right. When you do a test, you would have specific numbers against specific numbers with the children, with the children of the ages. I mean, they use blood samples, yeah, or what they call antibody titers. So basically, so there was no placebo effect because they didn't actually do the injections into. As such, they used the blood for antibodies if they were producing, yeah? So you've got silly numbers. So they all worked, the different age groups, the lower age groups, against 16 to 25-year-olds. That's You had something like, oh, we'll have the 12 to 15, we'll have 190 12 to 15-year-olds against 170 16 to 25-year-olds. Then you've got 264 5 to 11-year-olds against 253 to 25 year olds now when your numbers are so radically different when you've got two to four year olds 143 six months to 22 months kids 82 against 170 16 to 25 year olds and they're just using the results from excuse me why are you cherry picking so that's all that means when you're going down and all these numbers are radically different you're supposed to when you do these pick a population of about eighty thousand people to work on you work in the tens of thousands of people and then you go through specific routines to get results and you use vaccine against placebo effects and if there's a second vaccine you do another trial to follow that and it goes over a long period of time this is over a matter of short time and yet they come out with yeah it's okay there's been no placebo effects they haven't actually worked against anybody with COVID as such. They don't really know the effects. But some of the some of the results were really so misleading that the vaccine just seems to be able to possibly have a two percent effect. So when you look at the graph to actually how the first vaccine came out with people, and you had those people with immunity and the first vaccine, that followed along the same parallel line, very close to each other. So that meant the vaccine had no real effect other than what it was possibly designed to do was to maybe counter any severe possible effects. Yeah, which they later changed their narrative to fit exactly that. They just said, oh, well, it'll protect against severe illness and hospitalizations and death. They, they later mm-hmm. went with that. But in the initial stages, do you recall what they were telling everybody. Oh, it's 97%. It's 93%. It's 92%. It's it's 98% mm. effective. Which one are you going to get? And they're doing they, the same with the children. They're doing yeah, the same yeah, with they the just, children. They flipped the data, didn't they? That's all they did. Yeah. I mean, they say, basically, it's only a 2% bracket with the kids who have already got their own immune system. But the only change was vaccine did parallel along with the lines of the um, actual immunity but the susceptibility came in, and it really jumped across the graph, and the boosters came in. And that started to affect people, big style. That then gave susceptibility to COVID. Every booster sent the population to the roof, like your numbers there. So now we know, basically, if you're boosted, if you've had the vaccine once, maybe even twice, you might get away with having a lack of long-term effects, possibly. Boosters, you continually harm in your system, you're up there, your susceptibility goes up. And within the um, tests on the kids, because they tested against antibodies, they proved it. 
because they actually went into the, 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 when they first tested for in the younger bracket, the real young ones, the trial was meant to be for two doses. This is all recorded. And they first two gave a negative. So they did a third one, which came out okay. So basically what it's saying is you take your foot, you boost the kids first, they become susceptible to COVID where they're not anyway, usually. And this is somewhere around about 200% plus susceptibility. And then the second one gives them susceptibility against severe effects. And then the third one sort of bottoms it out. You've got to go through those three and put your child through harm, possible harm, before you just get null point of and that 82 percent is the equivalent of saying it might have a two percent different effect it is ridiculous it is putting the kids through possible harm and that is that is all it is and even if you <laughs> what gets me is yeah pfizer actually said back in the original trials there is a 0.3 percent chance of severe side effects you take that 0.3%, you take a million people, right? How many people has this been given to? Billions, yeah, possibly. And you take 0.3% of a million, right? So 10% of a million is 100,000. Take another zero off to make 1%, that's 10,000. Take another zero off, gives you 0.1. It's 1,000. Times that by three is 0.3. That's 3,000 people in a million. 3,000 people. That is massive. It is. Did you see on that point, on that statistic, did you see what the German government put out the other day? Bruce was talking about it, uh, the report that they uh, they put out. Bruce, you, do you want to mention that? Yeah. So uh, originally they posted that it was one in 5,000 people have um, severe side effects. The next day they um, fixed that and said it was not, uh, they corrected it and said it's not uh, one in 5,000 people. It's one in 5,000 jabs, which is even worse. Oh, no. The more you get jabbed, the more you become susceptible. And they're pushing it's five. It's as simple here as that. They're pushing yeah. five here, as of a few uh, days it's ago. It's ridiculous. It's insane. They're they're insane. But no, it is. It, your immune system is. You have the chance to become more susceptible. Every one, every time you get hit with that thing, they know it. Um, <laughs> benefits right from the vaccine are short lived. If there are any benefits, we're talking two months. That's why they started to bring the boosters in. So. Your vaccine, but the thing is, you get the vaccine, the original vaccine, boom, over a short period of time, la di da di da. The chances are you may have, in that meantime, got COVID anyway, because it never stopped you getting it, did it? So your immune system might have had a chance to cat, you know, get it, get your own antibodies going, la di da di da. If you go, then they talk you into having another one and then getting boosted. Oh, these don't last so long. Now, so you have to have a booster. Because what, why? So the vaccine, so you have the chance of getting immunity because of the short-lived vaccine. So somebody finds out this. So theoretically, hypothetically, they give you another vaccine. And then they realize this is these vaccines are so short-lived. If they get their immunity, they're going to be healthy. So let's give them a booster because we know each one is going to possibly affect the immune system. Each one could make you susceptible to COVID. Each one is going to make you a casualty of severe or a serious case and this is what gets me with the way they talk about things severe and serious they are two similar words but the classifications are i would have thought severe would be the worst but actually it's not a serious case is worse severe is where possible hospitalization possibly going down to what we call a and e or you'd call er the emergency room or whatever some for uh, and um would 
interrupt your way of life. S in some way or other. Serious is mortality. Serious is long-term disablement. Serious is hospitalization with severe, with intense medical care. And not until you actually read this within the medical journals and you see the graphs, and you're giving it, oh, the serious cases, and that's severe. And then you think, it's your interpretation until you actually see the numbers. Then you go, and what do they mean? What, what does this actually mean? And then you look into the appendix to find out what it refers to officially. And you give it, bloody hell, it's scary. These doses that they're prepared to give to the kids, they know already failed on the first two. That Moderna give one, a, I, I, was, yeah. I was looking at the dosage on the Moderna one. That's pretty high. That, like the dosage of that, that's that's equivalent to what a three jab would be for an adult. That's the dosage that they're that they're recommending for for a, a toddler for a zero to six months. Is is that is that Gates's idea of a trivalent? I have no idea. I, yeah, it could be. I don't know. But like it's it's god awful. I'm thinking to myself, who on earth would do this to your children? Who would do this to their children? It's not to be done. Not to be done. It's not to be done. Not to be done whatsoever. It's the hysteria, honestly. It's 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 all back to that. It, it's the mass hysteria. I was telling Bruce privately the other day. We were just having a conversation. I, I stopped in the the uh, supermarket to pick up a couple of things, and in walks this woman. I'm, at least I'm pretty sure. <laughs> in walks this woman. Well, I mean, you can't you can't yeah, tell these careful, days, right? You might, I mean, you, careful, you might be changing the actual yeah, dictionary the meaning. Of yeah, woman. yeah, yeah. That's I don't true. know what that is in America. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But uh, well, I'm not in America, so it doesn't apply to me right now. But I see this woman walking in, you know, the N95 strapped to her face, you know, to the point where it's like the the skin of the cheeks is like bulging around the outside of it because it's on so tight. It's 95 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Okay, and she walks in the door and she is making a beeline to that hand sanitizer. And the hand sanitizers here, they've got like the little lever on it, you know, because you don't want to push up on it. So you're just pulling down on the lever. She is grabbing as many paper towels as she can get off the roll, and she is hitting that hand sanitizer and wiping down everything. I mean everything. She's wiping down the uh, the cart or trolley or whatever you call it, wiping down her hands or arms and, and everything else. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this woman probably has children. She's probably one of these that's, and I don't know this for a fact, I'm just thinking to myself, she probably has children, and she's probably one of these people that are taking them in to get exactly what you're talking about. That's my guess. Yeah. It's it's that level of, of hysteria. <laughs> Before she strips them off and does a head to toe with them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought she was just going to shower in it right there. In fact, in fact, if she's using all those rolls of paper up, is, does that mean she's against climate change because she's wasting all that stuff? Oh my God! Now, they have got they have got the <laughs> the you know the hand air dry, you know the Dyson and hand air dryers. You, yeah, you know those yeah. things. They've got all of those disabled everywhere in this country. They're all turned off what? because they could spread things. Do you know? Do you know the one really good thing about those um, hand dryers in toilets and you know in um, and in you know? Well, they well first of all they let, let's talk blow about the it. smell out the door. That's <laughs> well, the best thing. It well, enables you to be able to sit in there. If you go for if you go in there and I mean the amount of people I've actually seen they go and they go cool blimey first thing they do is hit the hand dryer so it sort of gets some air going around the room before they sit down. It must be something they just do in England. <laughs> I don't know. They don't dry your hands with them. They just change the climate. But outside of there, they've got these you know the hand dryer the the, the Dyson ones are nice because they're very hygienic. You don't actually touch anything. So you don't have to hit a button or anything. You slide your hands in and out. And they've got the lights on it 
So not only that, it's it's hitting your hands to kill all the bacteria and everything that's on your hands. How is that not hygienic? How is oh, that yeah. not nothing, how, how is that not saving? Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with it. But how is that not safe? Do you know the amount of waste that we're now creating in paper towels and and all this other junk? Yeah, but you, you, you're not seeing the greater picture here. You see, the, the, the problem is uh, there's an energy crisis and they just they can't afford to have all those dryers going at once. That's just unbelievable. Oh, oh yeah. Well, they, yeah, come on. They've got to decommission these thousands of hairdryers so they can plug one car in. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Because yeah, we were talking about that earlier this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, have you, know, it's have you noticed they've also, they, they also changed the narrative in, um, in, in, which part? in, um, in Canada. They've so they used to so have a narrative. Times. No, because and it's changed here as well. Because he used to have, what was it the one vaccinated, the double vaccinated, then the three boosters, and you were fully immunized. Yeah, they've changed that. They've changed that to you're up to date. What's coming next? <laughs> they call it up to date. You're up to date. But tomorrow, there's another one coming out. Yeah, with the with things changing so rapidly, um, you know, it, it would be really effective if we just had a digital system to keep track of all of that so that we could enter the data so rapidly and, you know, keep track of all of that. Oh, You're absolutely right. Way, I do have, mentioned, before we get sorry. to, before we get off that, I do have Canada's health minister talking about exactly oh, that. Oh, but what exactly do we mean by up-to-date vaccination? Let me be very clear. Please. Up to date means you've received your last dose in the, in the past nine months. Up to date means you've received your last dose in the past nine months. If you've already received a first booster, that's great. And please see if you're eligible for a second or a third booster to remain up to date. But my message today, more specifically, is for those that haven't yet received their first booster. The immunity conferred by a primary series of two doses of vaccines administered in 2021 has now waned. While you might have gotten infected, risk is high. You could get reinfected with all the downfall, including the risk of developing symptoms of long COVID. As health experts and physicians will tell you, it's critical that you go and get the shot that's waiting for you. You got that? It is critical that you go and get Health the shot experts. that is waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, your name on it, this bullet, bullet with your name on it. Yeah, I don't like the way you said that. Uh, so those numbers you were saying before, one in 5,000 people, yeah? Yeah, the German numbers, so what, yeah. yeah. It, no, it was, it was not one in 5,000 people. They revised it. It's one in 5,000 doses administered. Causes? Adverse reactions. Adverse reactions. Well, they've worked out that one in 5,000 males between the ages of 12 to 24 years of age, and they've worked this out and graphed it and they actually accessed this after just the second dose myocarditis, right? Now, that's one in 5,000. Do you know the mortality rate of my, someone with myocarditis? I don't know exactly, but I, I the only thing I know about myocarditis was the fact that uh, Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough said, who's a cardiologist, by the way, who said, if you are diagnosed with myocarditis, your life is essentially over for a minimum of six months. A minimum of six months, as in park no, it no, on no. the couch, don't move. Right. Uh, you don't get over this. Yeah. It's, you do not it's, get over myocarditis. Yeah, I understand. And your, your mortality rate is up by 20% in the first six and a half years. You are on your way down. Oh, 
That's not good numbers. So basically, yeah. what it is, I mean, if you think about it, myocarditis, it's a word. It's a medical word. And all it means is that due to the inflammation of your heart, your muscles weaken, and that heart is a pump. All it is is a pump to send blood around your body. And it's not getting it round to all parts of your body quick enough so that your body can respond and act its age. And the more you use it, the more you use your body, you're on the way down. You are in a bad place. It's not a nice thing to say, but if you've been diagnosed with myocarditis since this pandemic, as they call it, or plandemic, not going there, but hey, you um, can accredit it to whatever else, whatever you want, but it's about yourself and it's not good. And I, everybody, you see, we, we, we humans are very passionate about what they do if they become good at something, especially sportsmen. Because a lot of people have gone into sports in the last few decades because it's one of the few things that they, if they apply themselves, they can achieve at it and they can get earnings. Yet there is a lot of people in the world and you have to fight for jobs. And if you excel at a sport, it becomes your way of life. And if you've managed to get myocarditis, it's over. You can't exercise out of this. Your life as you know it is done 20 and that itself is self-destroying i want to say it was a 26 year old professional rider for the tour de france has had 26 years old has to retire because yeah and i do believe he had an interview and he said there are several other people within it having all sorts of pains and agonies and whatever else that go down the line yes if you give me just a second continue on if you give me just a second i'll see if i can pull that a clip of that interview Yeah, um, I don't know. You know what a blinded test is? Blinded test is basically where they do a test over several thousand people and then they unblind it to see what happens, you know, and they brought the results together. And they actually did one with 47,000 people, which about 20,000 of them obviously took the vaccine, 20 odd thousand took a placebo. It was quite amusing, actually, because the results that came out was. After <laughs> after the first test and you had like placebo and you had the vaccine, they were like equal. So it actually showed that our unhealthy, this is cardiovascular problems, yeah? So there was 14 car- serious cardiovascular problems within 20,000 people from the first jab. But the placebo, there was about the same. So our healthy healthy way of life isn't so healthy in the general public which is quite amusing which well it's not really but you know it was there but it also meant that this added to it basically doubled the cardiovascular problem but as it went on the placebo thing didn't change but as the doses went on cardiovascular problems came up and they've got the results on this although it wasn't as big as the initial one but it still continued to go up and add to it, whereas the placebo one didn't. So basically it was saying, this is the way of life. Out of 20,000 people, uh, it's a chance that 14 of them will have a normal way of life that it is now, which we have got quite a medically dependent society, will have cardiovascular problems. But once they introduced the vaccine and the boosters, etc., it went up marketably. And that is their own results. And it's there. And yet... Is still putting it out there. This was just on cardiovascular. And we do know there's other things because cardiovascular has been, even some lawyers have taken it up, you know, because it's now become quite prominent. 
So this is a part of it. It's talked about, although it's in reduced numbers. We this this morbidity and mortality is, is there's masses of it, and it will eventually be contributed to it. But at what time in the future? With how many piles of dead? Because there are, they're they're, they're mounting up. It's 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 mounting. We've got the fallout already, and they still want to boost. Yeah, everyone. Like we were just every every at those, boost that goes ahead. Just the sixty days we were looking at out of that report from your government, we're looking at. What would you say it was like 6,000? 6, 6,000 deaths to yeah. 288 over 60 days? Uh, no, 9,000. 9,000. 9,000 yeah, deaths. Yeah, because there's two sets of 4,000 plus on both, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, 4,000. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, my mistake. The ratio is, is ridiculous. If you think about it, if it was um, 250, so that's 4 to 1,000. So you've got a ratio of 1 to 36. Mm-hmm. That is a vast that's brutal. difference. That's brutal. Uh, by the way, that interview is not. Uh, vast uh, yeah, that interview of that uh, Tour de France writer, uh, Victor Laffey was his name. He's not giving the interview in English, so I, I do apologize for that. I found it, but he's he's not speaking in English. Just to give a brief summary, he was asked. He says, "Are you sick or injured? Do you have any explanations for this unusual situation?" Because he, he announces retirement in the middle of the race, and he said, "You've done very well in previous races. How do you explain this?" And he says, "I'm sick." He says, "I'm not the only one." I was talking to another rider uh, at the beginning. He told me he was feeling the same. Uh, He came to speak to me and asked, are you sick? Can you not breathe either? And I said, no. And he told me, me too. He says, I've been feeling like this since stage six. I'm having a very hard time breathing. I don't feel like I have enough oxygen and I have pain everywhere in uh, in my legs and, and all over my body. No strength. And it's only getting worse after each stage. I thought there would be a moment that it would get better, but it hasn't happened. And then today... I tried to hang on as much as possible, but I think there's nothing I can do. You know, that, that probably means that where he's used to doing what he is, blood gets oxygen around your muscles and around your body, and it, it ramp, and your heart ramps up as you require it. If it's not doing that, you're just going to get tired, and your muscle pain will happen. Uh, that's, yeah, the the, simplicity, that's the simplicity of it all, really. The, the muscle pain is from your body burning fuel without the proper amount of oxygen. Yeah. That's why you get yeah. the muscle pain. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. That's funny. It, it, I actually it's, had it's muscle simple. when I was sick a couple of weeks ago. I had muscle pain. Like it, it was bad. I mean, I I haven't had muscle pain like that since I had the flu when I was like ten years old. I mean, I I had back pain, severe back pain during that. I remember that. But uh, this time it was for some reason it was like uh, the muscles that are on either side of my hips and my calf muscles. It was only those places is where I had problems. Maybe, maybe you're going through a change and you're getting childbearing hips, Johnny. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, they are set to rule on the fact that you can change your gender and your name once a year here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah isn't that great, hey? Yeah. What, Who would it want to be today? In all of this, what's the benign explanation for this uh, with the vaccines? What's the benign What's the benign reason that they keep pushing it? What's the benign reason that it's they no did all the research reason. and found that this was the case in research before they even released it to the public? They were seeing that these these were adverse effects were happening. Yeah. What's the benign explanation to this? They want to prove that most of the world is stupid and they deserve to die. The benign reason, the only thing I that I know. can come up with that, that I would consider the most benign in all of this is uh, they were money hungry and just didn't care about the, 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 the deaths or any of those kind of things. It's just that's not benign. That's the only benign. That's the closest <laughs> thing that I can come to, because why else would you push these things when you know all the damages it's going to cause and it's not effective. So what, why would you push this? Why would you keep pushing this? 
That's the uh, least that's damaging twisted, reason. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a twisted, altruistic idea. There's nothing benign about any of that. I'd say it's a twisted, altruistic idea, or, or it's just that bogeyman Gates has been after everybody since they stuffed his Microsoft and he's got uh, his boot into everything. I don't mean to find the benign reason for it. I'm meaning find the most benign. So the kind of like Occam's razor, find the one that's, you know, the least or, or well, yeah, in, in Occam's but, razor, but the most. But there's such a chasm. I, there's such a chasm between the word benign and what actually, what has been actually done. has happened. Yes, exactly. It, yeah. It's just, it's just a pit of darkness. It's just horrible. Yes. And that's the pit where. Fauci should be, someone said. Yeah. He could sit down at the bottom of that pit with all these little greenbacks and they should put him on a pile of them. Hey, 5th of November. Yeah, he'd make a good guy. Yeah, when, when he gets out of his position, he's still going to remain an advisor, though. Bruce had, was tell, Bruce was telling me he's still going to remain an Who? advisor for the National Institute of Health. I'm not exactly sure what he means by that, because he was saying he was going to retire, and then he's like, well, I'm not going to retire. I'm just not going to hold the same position that I have now. But I don't know if that means he's not going to be part of the NIH, or he's not going to be an advisor. He didn't specify, so he'll, I'm he'll get promoted to the head of the NIH. Not be a, he'll take Francis's <laughs> old job. Yeah, he'll take Francis's yeah. old job. He'll run the whole show. I was, I was, I mean, obviously, I when 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 you go look at all this data, sometimes some acronyms come up, uh, you know, some abbreviations, and I got obviously you can check out the uh, pharmaceuticals. You get used to seeing the Gates Foundation. Get used to seeing who. But you've got a subsidiary of the who called Gavi. G A V I. Yes, which is ninety percent funded by Bill Gates. It's it's basically yeah, it's a so it's, it's another a, front. It's actually and a lot of that is is coordinated and run by your government. As a matter of fact, Boris was the host of this year's Gavi conference in the UK. Yeah, because I've never actually dug into that side. Okay, so what it and is, I, and when I went through the data, their name popped up. Yes. So what it is, basically, it's it's an organization that is a front group. So the Gates Foundation, you've got all kinds of tentacles in all oh, yeah. different directions, yeah, right? It, it's he's a cesspit. Yeah, he's in, he's in absolutely everything. You're right. He but Gavi, Gavi is specifically the vaccine arm of the Gates Foundation. That's exclusively what they do. So that's why anybody, it's a subsidiary of the who. Then. Yes. Yeah, cool, so yeah. everything that that gets funded in, as far as like all the money and, and it basically they're laundering cash to fund vaccine research and and develop these things. But that's the organization. If you're a country and you want to give to uh, vaccine research and development, then you give to Gavi. You don't give to Gates. You give to Gavi, which the biggest funder of Gavi is guess Gates. who? Gates. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was another one. I want to see if you can like me on that. ACIP, it was something to do with CDC. That one I have not heard of. No, I haven't, I haven't chased that one down yet. It was something connected to the CDC, ACIP, and I haven't found that one out yet. But I, I'll give it to you real quick. Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. Oh, I see. There you go. Well done. It's just a couple that popped out, and I just was getting so digging up, digging up the data about the kids and the vaccines and stuff like that. And that was sort of appeared in a notation somewhere and I just scribbled it down and went, I've got to look at that later. So that fits in. Advisory. Advisory. Yep. Uh, the committee shall specifically provide advice for the control of diseases for which a vaccine is licensed in the United States. Mm. 
And I'll bet you if you start looking at who funds that organization, I can <laughs> I can guarantee almost assuredly that you're yeah, gonna Mr. find the, bo- the bogeyman will you're be. You're gonna find somewhere. him in there somewhere, the yeah. yeah. Yeah, the bogeyman wants his germ team. But you see, all these because you've got the FDA, the CDC, you've got the WHO, it's all uh, connected to America and other world organizations and governments and that. So it mirror image. And then you see, thankfully, the doctors in Canada managed to actually get this together and put all this information out there because they seriously don't want there. The first ones that have actually vocally and got this data together and actually are vocally getting out there and saying, look, don't do it to your kids. And they've um, even put an interesting seminar up. They had one with the um, World Council for Health, which obviously is a self-funded thing through doctors and all sorts of people that would probably be accused of being activists or God knows what else because they're doctors with their own practices and they're people for human rights and things like that. But the WCH is trying to get the information out there. And (laughs) something funny I saw the other day as I was looking through something, it just popped into my head. Ivermectin Day. World Ivermectin Ivermectin Day. Day. Yeah. Yes, I Did missed you get it. your horse paste? <laughs> Did you get your horse paste, Ned? <laughs> no, but yeah, it's quite good. Ivermectin Day, World Ivermectin Day. Do you know how long that actual drug's been used? Since the 80s? It's been around a long time. Yeah, I wasn't sure how long, but I know that Merck had it on patent, I think, until then. They got a Nobel Prize for it, but I can't I remember when that patent ran out. That the, the patent ran out wrong, in I 2000 and I want to say it was 2000 and 2012 is when the patent ran out and it went generic after that. And if you buy, Malone was yeah. mentioning, if you buy ivermectin in bulk as a country, if you buy it in bulk, it's less than one cent per dose if you buy it in bulk. Wow. Yeah. It's quite, it, has, it is quite an effective medicine. Oh, of course it is. Quite cool, quite yeah. an effective it's, medicine. It, it, it does wonders at viral, stopping viral replication and it yeah. also is an antiparasitic. Yeah, it is a very good thing. And as ask much yourself, as been a lot of yeah, yeah. Ask yourself why Fauci and all these other clowns had that Dan pulled off it. the shelves yeah, before Dan this before all this started. Yeah, yeah. It's like I found all that stuff out about it where they were putting it down and things like that, and saying, Do you, "Can you see what they're saying about this over the time?" Then you find out the history of it. And you think, this damn thing's been around for a long time, doing positive stuff. It was I mean, it has uh, uh, been around for a long time. It was created in the late 70s is when it was created. Adding to that, when COVID first started, France put ivermectin on a prescription list. Used to, you could get it over the counter in like February when it first started. Yeah, it went schedule two, which is like Oxycontins. Same classification as opioids. Oh, wow. Yeah. What about that? Who was that? That was Frederick. Frederick somebody? Who made a big load of money about that? At the opioid? In the 80s? I'm not sure. Oxycontin, wasn't it? Yeah, but what, what I'm saying, yeah. yeah, what I'm saying, that's a Schedule Two drug. But what I'm saying, it's highly controlled. What I'm saying is, is that France, Bruce was saying that you could buy ivermectin over the counter before COVID, and as COVID was starting to spin up, you know, before we started to shut the borders down and declare national yeah. whatever, France under Fauci's direction shut down the over-the-counter sale of ivermectin. They turned that drug, ivermectin, from an over-the-counter purchase at any pharmacy. You could just go in there and pick it up to a schedule two. So it was classified the same as an opioid drug. 
after that. Uh, so it's yeah, highly and that's controlled. Such a switch we and in the U.S., they were actually Bruce. You talked about this several times. In the U.S., they were jerking doctors' medical licenses away that were prescribing it for something completely different. Yeah, uh, they were. They were actually even uh, the pharmacists were not even prescribing ivermectin for other um, issues that are typically prescribed. You know, parasitic related. Um, they they were not uh, fulfilling those prescriptions. Even though that is the normal treatment before COVID, uh, that's how you treated those illnesses. Yeah, this isn't the first time this has happened. This COVID is like a proper run for a dry run that was in the 80s, which was that um, OxyContin, because that was one of the first times they came out with all those safety sentences. You know, this is safe for you. This is a wonderful thing. And they pushed it and the health authorities approved it. And the health officials recommended it. And, well, what can you say? Well-intentioned doctors sort of prescribed it to the patients. And that started the opioid problem. And, oh, what's his name? It's uh, Fredericks was his last time. I think it was per- he had. I'm thinking of your cat. This Perdine, Perdine Frederick. Was he the pharmaceutical? And he made $30 billion out of it. And that was in the 80s. And that started the opioid thing. I think his name's Perdine Frederick. And that is the same situation as this. Same routine once again. It's safe. Take it. La di da di da. And I'm sure it was Oxycontin was the actual drug. And it was an opioid problem. And it's so before it was turned into a scandal, hundreds of thousands of people had died on opioid. It was in the eighties. And that and they're just doing it again, but on a different scale, on a different thing. It's 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 criminal. Give you something to look up, Bruce. Pretty sure I'm pretty close to the knuckle there. It's just something just bounces out. There's so much going on. And there's so much history with the, there's so much dark history within the pharmaceutical business. It's it's hellish. Here's here's a question for you. With all of this corruption, and look, we know that the pharmaceutical industry as a whole, I'm not gonna pick out the individual companies because there's just an armload of them, but the pharmaceutical industry as a whole, we know that the corruption has been festering in there for a long time. Right. Do I need to play the clip again of all the sponsorships that Pfizer has um, in all the mainstream media? I mean, I think everybody in fact, knows. They, they got even more so, now, haven't they? They do. Of course they do. And they've made a whole bunch yeah. of billionaires. I mean, now, don't you care that some of these executives need to buy that new condominium in Monte Carlo? Don't you care? Oh, they could come and ask me and I'll take <laughs> five jabs just to <laughs> boost their money. <laughs> yeah, sure. But my point is, is that we have all of these pharmaceutical companies now. What has happened in the last two and a half to three years? Quite a bit. I mean, as far as everything that we've discussed here tonight, but what else has this shown us? This has shown us the corruption publicly. Those of us that have been speculating about it, what's been going on behind the scenes, that facade has now been taken off. And we can publicly. Yeah, we can openly see the corruption now. We can see it in government. We can see it in the corporations. We can see it in academia. We can see it in the medical industry. All of it. We can now see all of that. So what was going on behind the scenes has now been made public. We can witness this in real time. So my question to you is this. Given the data and the statistics we're discussing and that they're openly admitting They're openly admitting, again, that report that we're talking about that was 9,000 to 200 or whatever, that was put out by your own government. They're openly admitting the higher the jabs you have, the more likely you are to die. It's that simple. Yeah, Yeah, the higher your mortality rate is. So is this, on the other side, if we can get this right, providing we can get through this cleanly, 
Is this the end of the pharmaceutical industrial complex? Well, it needs to be. We need to take our own health back. We need to take us. I mean, you become the problem is it's it's trying not to look down at others like those within their condominiums and billions, whatever that actually must look down the ivory towers. They must look down because it's a case of it's it's not pity. It's a case of we have got to really use a lot of compassion here because there's a hell of a lot of people that are in a rotten, medically dependent state. Whether they've allowed themselves to get there or society has pushed itself that way over the last X amount of decades, it's a mess. And either way we come out of this, there are so many people dependent on the pharmaceuticals and those pharmaceuticals need to get binned because this world, is we, we managed to look after ourselves and we were a damn sight healthier and we could get that back. You've got to want to get it back. You've got to want it yourself. Because no matter what people tell you, unless you want to do it yourself, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You've got to want to do it yourself. You've got to, you don't have to get angry. You just got to go, right, I've had enough of this. Just don't wait until someone close to you cops it. And don't look on it as if, Christ, I'm fully vaxxed. I'm fully boosted. Oh, my number's up. Oh, oh bollocks. I might as well just carry on. No, no. Hey, I can, I can get into a restaurant. I can get into a restaurant. I can get into a concert. Yeah, right. Uh, to your to your question about uh, the oxycotton, um, that was a Purdue Pharma, uh, the company uh, back in the eighties that used Purdue a letter Pharma. written by uh, a no. It's actually a Doctor um, Herschel Jick, but Purdue Pharma. The uh, founders is John Purdue Gray and George Frederick Bingham. Ah, so, so there's a Fredericks and a Purdue, yeah. There's a those two different. Purdue, yeah. yeah, so it's yeah, just that, was that back in the 80s. it was bounced. Yeah, it's in the eighties, and that started the um, opioid problem, and hundreds of thousands of people died. But it was the same thing, the same rhetoric of safety, and it was pushed, and it started the opioid problem, and it went mental. It, it was just, and they made thirty billion out of that. Thirty billion. Do you know how much Pfizer stands to make in twenty twenty two? I haven't seen their projected earnings yet. Uh, what is it? Hundred billion. A hundred billion. That means they're spinning up more boosts. Is what they're doing. Yeah. Why do you think they're pushing it? So I wonder if that's to if that's that. the triple trivalent vaccines that uh, Malone was talking about that they will not have to have trials or approval for. They can just roll them straight out. And if that coincides with what Doctor Mike Yaden was saying, as in I just key in the sequence, hit Alt Print, and out pops a billion doses. No approval. No clinical trials straight into arms just like the flu vaccine yeah and this is what people have got of just right you talk about informed consent question everything now question it all whether somebody says yeah that's all right that isn't informed consent go look into it yeah just just look into it question it look into it the one thing you got a question is if it's a non-live vaccine chances are it's going to be a side effect no matter what because they how many times will people say, oh, I'll tell you what, my parents, my grandparents, fizz a fiddle, live to this, whatever. They got just got on with everything, did everything, and just had the right attitude, yeah? But remember, they all had live vaccines, which gave them immunity, which helped their immune systems. If you, even nowadays, whether it's the polio, whether it's anything you can think of, even the flu vaccines, a lot of them are non-live vaccines now, and the chances are, they can have a detrimental effect on your system without you knowing it. Yeah, maybe I've got 10 seconds. Just one last thing to say, I think. Yeah, go ahead. 
as a parent, which I am, as an adult, which I've been accused of, even in childish times. But parents, adults, guardians, we are the only defense. We are the only defense our children have because whatever they hear before they're adults, they can question and should be able to come to you truth and support and to be put in the right direction. Right? And just think on that and think of everything that's going on and just try and put them in the right direction and just tell them and take the vaccine. Stay away from it. Look after yourselves, guys. That's it. Ned, I want to thank you for being here this evening. I know it was uh, it was my mistake. It was my screw up. Uh, and I, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a day early and I know you got a long week ahead of you. And I know that you're going to be seeing Marty at the end of the week. And I know that you're such dear friends that you're going to be so kind as to stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Spin his eye? Yeah, you can just stay at a Holiday Inn because you don't want to stay on his couch. I'd stay on a couch. You know, that's what I would do. But no, thank you for being here this evening. I really appreciate all of the information that you brought forward tonight. It's been a very informative discussion, and uh, I'm sure the listeners thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've always got a chair here, my friend. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. If you would like to reach Ned personally, you can put attention Ned on the subject line and we will make sure that he gets it. You would love some feedback, wouldn't you, Ned? Yeah. Like I say, it doesn't matter which side the knife goes in. It's just done in a nice way. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up and get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Gentlemen, I want to thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you.